0: a day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay?
1: I've made my choice and I choose me. <laughs>
0: Beverly Hills 902 1 aficionados, welcome to 902 No So, a Beverly Hills Now 1 0 podcast retrospective series. I'm JT, joining me as always here is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good, JT. And I don't know, you might say, is it is it Christmas in July, depending on when yeah. folks are hearing this?
0: I guess so. I guess the snow is coming down through the humidity, <laughs> cutting mm, through the, the, like the that. moistness of the sky that makes sense but here we are on another great episode and yes it is christmas time in beverly hills and we are excited to cover this with us is a multi-time returning guest he's on the list quite a bit now i think at this point and that's our good buddy charlie angeloro charlie how are you
2: good hello hello how we doing tonight boys welcome
0: back charlie thanks for having you excited to have you for such a monumental episode here yes it was all right and of course, since uh, you have been here multiple times before, we don't need to get into your origin story, so we can dive right in. And tonight, we are talking Season 2, Episode 18, A Walsh Family Christmas, premiered on December 19th, 1991, got a 22.6 rating, which is pretty good bump back up from Chucky last week. <laughs> uh, still not as good as their high, but it's, you know, looking back, I think it's like they're third highest of the season to this point so a lot of folks turn tuning in here for some christmas cheer and i, I was trying to remember tim was there a like a proper christmas episode in season one
1: there was not so this right. is our first no. real proper christmas episode mm-hmm. we did halloween now we're doing christmas these are going to be ongoing traditions now for the show and you got to figure with this air date of december 19th like a lot of shows have um gone into hiatus, right? Mm-hmm. The, airing this close to the actual holiday, so you wonder if maybe nine hundred two one zero benefited by uh, just leaner competition here on the nineteenth of December. Still, still pushing out all new episodes here that close to uh, Christmas Day.
0: Yeah, they're churning on it, and we'll talk about it how it holds up as an actual you know TV Christmas special as well. Something. Uh, I know I'm a fan of always was the, the, ongoing, sure. uh, Christmas specials from, you know, whether it's a drama or a soap or a sitcom, whatever it is, like the Christmas specials are always a lot of fun. So we'll see how this holds up. And I will say this for being the first one, they absolutely went all in on the concept. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yes. yes, they do. Was it
2: longer? Was it episode? It more? is. It is. Yes, it was a 90 sure minute
0: episode. Is. Um, So when it originally broadcast, Drexel's class uh, was bumped, which I had no
2: idea, no memory of this show at all. No clue what that is.
0: I don't know. Uh, It starred Dabney Coleman as Otis Drexel, a fifth grade teacher at fictional Grantwood Elementary School in Cedar Bluff, Iowa. Drexel's backstory revealed that he was a corporate raider who lost a uh, large amount of money on a failed venture, dodged his taxes, and was arrested. At sentencing, he was offered a suspended sentence if he worked as a teacher at an understaffed school to pay off his back taxes. So, so there are missed, little mighty ducks to it, but uh, I missed that yeah.
2: one. Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: it aired um one season and it was uh see how many episodes. Oh, they got 18 episodes out of it. So they ran All the right. full season.
2: Missed that one.
0: Yeah, that old Dabney. So that got bumped on this evening. Uh, this episode was 90 minutes, so it was definitely in full. It is not streaming. Out there, nope. so you need to dig it up through other means. Uh, so, if it's something you really want to watch, Tim, maybe we can, you know, whatever. Sure. We'll we'll wonder why that is, folks.
1: Out. It's never real clear to us. I mean, if you get the the DVD sets, you will have all the episodes. Um, they still replace the music like they do um, on streaming, but um yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they can't just source, you know, from the DVDs for all these streaming services cuz this show yeah you'll see you'll see the series bounce from Hulu to Amazon Prime to right now it's on Paramount Plus and they're always missing the same episodes
2: That's strange.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I, I was thinking maybe just the something to do with the music cuz there is a lot of it in this episode.
2: I was but thinking I would that think, too.
0: But most of it's got to be like royalty free at this point right some some of this Christmas music like are they still really paying yeah, royalties right. to like I mean, you know ben crosby and shit like i don't i don't know but um and there's
1: got to be some sort of because obviously they found a way around they still edited around it for the dvds right, right. so there must be some kind of extra like you know well, then i was wondering can, like
0: is it an issue with like one of the act like the guy who plays santa home uh-huh. santa like did he have like a royalty issue or something
2: like yeah there's probably stuff like
1: that that. yeah there's probably stuff like that with these um I just find that odd these missing episodes there's got to be more to it than just the music rights thing because I mean you don't see that impact like any other show right to the extent that it does with this series
2: I found one that it did but we can get into that at another time we don't have to talk about that now
1: oh okay I'd be curious
0: all right. Well, why don't we go and and dive in then uh, to this episode? This is our last one for a few weeks. Uh, they wouldn't return until January 9th, and then they take another break till January twenty third. So it's a little spotty in here. So, okay. uh, but this is really kind of the proper end of the first half of the season, I think. So let's dive in. Season two, episode eighteen of Walsh Family Christmas. Uh, we open in the desert in New Mexico state at the New Mexico state line and some western music is playing it's like the western country western version of the of the uh not a theme the bus Mm. rolls in steve hops off he's talking to a girl that was his random travel partner he said oh i I enjoyed talking to you for 16 hours they flirt a little bit and she wishes him luck and merry christmas and she goes to meet her mom and i'll say immediately like i thought like this girl was gonna be like a love interest for this episode right out of the (laughs) gate the way they presented it and then i thought her mom was going to be his mom <laughs> like I, I had no oh, idea God. <laughs> so like i thought that was gonna be the playoff but no it was really just a random girl on the bus uh we then head back to beverly hills i'm dreaming of wait christmas fires up and we get some ambiance decorated downtown we head inside a fancy store brenda is training to work there with a manager named Deirdre. she opens up the store and kelly and donna are the first ones to come into the door brenda wants to be serious but and she shows off some jewelry so they can keep talking All of them are worried about Steve and Kelly thinks they should have stopped him. She says she misses him, especially at Christmas, because he always bought her nice gifts. Brenda invites them over to trim the Walsh tree tonight for Christmas Eve. And Kelly says she's shocked. Well, I'm sorry, Christmas Eve Eve. Kelly says she's shocked that the Walsh family waits until two days before Christmas to get a tree. And Brenda says, well, that's how you always get the freshest tree. And uh, we find out that might have been the case in Minneapolis, gang, but not the case in Beverly Hills. Because we go to a Christmas tree lot and all of the trees are dead. Guy says it should have come a week ago, but the dry spell here in Southern California has killed them all. We cut to Cindy on the phone. She's talking to her mom. She's complaining that it's 90 degrees on Christmas. She misses the snow. She wants a white Christmas. Brandon and Jim come back. They have a huge tree, but it's basically dead and wilted. Cindy's not happy. She said they should have visited home. Jim says they can't run back to Minnesota every Christmas. So I'm guessing that was the hook last year They that they went home. That's why they didn't have like a Christmas episode. Yeah. But, <laughs>
1: uh, Unseen. Yeah.
0: Cindy says no one's going to want to eat in this heat either which is a very old old woman (laughs) thing to say uh brandon is then uh we we cut to a a few minutes later brandon is now spray painting the tree green uh brenda comes home cindy's still grousing brenda says she made some good sales and could buy some nice gifts and brenda hints that she wants nice presents as well and cindy says next year we're getting a fake tree which i will say this tim Mm -hmm. Why couldn't they just go to the store and get one tonight? Like, it's it's Hills. I'm sure there's fake trees out there available here. But what did you think of these first few scenes to set the ambiance of Steve still on the road and uh, the Walsh is struggling here to adapt to Christmas in the heat?
1: Well, yeah, nice little um, intro there on Steve, who uh, turns out. Did not get written out of the show after all. Mm -hmm. After last episode, sure, it's it just kills me the way that that felt so much like a character exit. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I guess you know the actor, or at least
0: for a while. Like you know, maybe he's going to do a pilot for something else, or like we may not see him Mm -hmm. for a while. You know, if he does come back.
1: So it's crazy that we're just following up on that directly so soon after his departure. But um, good at the same time, it's good. I'm glad we haven't lost sight of him. Uh, And we're going to continue to follow his journey throughout this episode. Uh, Meanwhile, Adventures with the Walsh is here. This, again, just like the the Halloween episode where everyone has waited until Halloween to get their costumes Mm -hmm. and figure out what they're doing. It's like no one actually waits until the day of Christmas Eve practically to get a tree. Right. This is such a TV show gimmick yeah only, okay, only on tv for sure only on tv right and it's like so blatant that even the characters have to sort of call it out as as bizarre mm-hmm. so that kind of popped me a little bit that they have to make it a just a bizarre walsh family tradition to wait so long to to get their tree and then saying, it does make with,
0: sense i guess if you're in minnesota like mm-hmm. there's probably tons of trees everywhere you can i'm, oh, down I'm sure all yeah they're, yeah. they're
1: they're not hurting for a selection, but realistically, they're they're not going to wait that long. Because how long are you going to have the tree up, right? Like, you know, a week? Like, right. It's just it's weird to go through all that work and then just take it back down. Um, whereas you look at a lot of families, it's like, day after Thanksgiving, that thing's going up, right? <laughs> and, yep. uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Christmas is on. Um, so, I don't know. I just think that's funny. So, they end up with this brown dead tree which is itself already like even more of a fire hazard than a than a live tree ordinarily is you know and then brandon's gonna compound that by spray paint <laughs> <laughs> so i was expecting this thing to go up in flames at some mm-hmm. point um but that does not happen uh meanwhile we've got brenda with her seasonal job good for her um, so there's not really much happening in this episode, like, we're not really setting up any plot, really. We're just kind of catching up with the characters.
0: What'd you think, Charlie? Of the first few,
2: well, like you said, um, you didn't know where Steve was going at the beginning there, but it, if for some reason this episode stuck with me, I, I, re- as soon as the first credits rolled, I, I remembered what happened. Um, so I kind of knew where that was going. The lady that Brenda works for looks familiar. I I, I seen her in other Mm. stuff. I don't know what it was, but she just looked familiar. I don't know if it was from this or other stuff, but, uh, then, you know, Jim, Jim and the tree issue, you know, he's too tight to go actually pay for a, uh, go to (laughs) Macy's and buy a tree. Um, on that night, you know, he wasn't going to do that. Um, He's a little, he he crunches the coins a little bit, Jim. Um, But it was, uh, it's, uh, it it was, uh, it was interesting.
0: So Rebecca Staub played uh, Deirdre and she's just like in a ton of TV. She's in Cheers. She does Cheers, Wonder Years, Columbo. Oh, really? Seinfeld, Ellen, Home Improvement, Chicago Hope. I mean, I mean, and that's like, I'm, right. I'm reading all like right. a, yeah. a small fraction um, of them. Like all the way. To all this stuff year. we would have seen if we yeah, exactly, in the 90s, exactly. So this, now I was, was
2: looking it. at it, going, I know, a, I, I know this lady from somewhere.
0: Well, since 2016, she pretty much does all Hallmark um, TV movies. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so I, I, I miss those christmas maybe she loved this christmas so much she does all the hallmark christmas stuff oh there you go yeah. yeah she's in some movies too but like i don't see any that jump out like no
2: it must have been the home improvements and cheers and stuff like that that i saw her
0: tim she actually played sue storm in the
1: 1994 unreleased fantastic Four. Oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah. wow i have seen that it's uh some might say it's the best Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you're looking at two storm.
2: And what I meant to say, good old Brenda's walking on good old Rodeo Drive.
0: Yes. Yep. All right, we go inside. The gang is over. They're all trimming the tree. Kelly's loving the old school Christmas vibe the Walshers have going on. Dylan says, the tree looks like a funky color. And he calls out the paint. He's like, spray paint, to <laughs> Brandon. Jim tries to get Cindy in a good place. Says, hey, they can invite all the friends over for Christmas Eve, just like we do at home we'll start a new tradition a real family christmas right here cindy brings in some apple cider she gives the big invite they say hey we used to do this in minnesota and we want to you know go back to the old days with a new tradition and poor cindy gets shot down by everybody don is going skiing in mammoth kelly says her mom's making dinner for the first time ever and david and mel are coming over dylan's going to visit his dad in jail and jim says well what about steve and they say well steve's out on a mission and on cue, we cut to Steve. He's in a hospital talking to a nun. Uh, he's trying to ask about his mom. She goes to check the records and comes back. She says, "Because he's a minor, she's written permission from his mother to release the records." And Steve's like, "Well, listen, I don't, I don't know who she is. I'm trying to find out." So we're kind of at an impasse. Steve tries to smooth talk her. He tries a bribe uh, to a to a charity. She shuts him down. But Steve basically goes over to the wall and looks like he's about to start crying uh so the nun feels bad and says listen i'll leave it on the counter and if you look at it you look at it but you can't take it and steve says he would be pleased meaning jesus i'm assuming or god uh steve has all the info he needs he writes down the mailing address and heads out smiles hugs the nun so pretty fun little thing there i'm glad that they didn't make steve like steal it and like be sneaky like i was glad they kind of went the way they did i was waiting for that where the nun turns and he grabs it or runs or something but
2: did he bring out the cash for that one too
0: he tried. He definitely tried. But the nun, uh, the nun kind of shot him down. He's like, oh, I guess it makes sense. You wouldn't take a bribe. But he uh, I think he tried to to give the bribe to the to a charity or something on her behalf. She was no part of it. Uh, we go to the Peach Pit. Everyone's serving. They're dressed in bow ties and Santa hats. We see a scruffy guy come in. He asks for a cup of java on the house and basically says, you know, he's busted. He's got nothing going on. Brandon obliges. And he says he's hungry. Brandon asks Nat. Nat says every Christmas he opens a peach pit for free dinners, but they're all flooding in early, it looks like. Brandon says he'll be there on Christmas to help serve the homeless, and Nat's kind of uh, humbled by that. He, he's grateful. Nat says he can have the special, free, no substitutions. No
2: substitutions.
0: <laughs> Nat, yes. Nat's ever the businessman. No substitutions. Nat shows off a Santa costume. Brandon says he makes a good Santa. The homeless guy kind of looks over at the suit as Nat puts it down. Uh, so Charlie, do you think here that we had some potential shenanigans going on with a hundred
2: percent, a hundred percent?
0: Yeah. Something was going on. Uh, so mm-hmm. would you th- anything other thoughts on the hospital scene or this first, uh, peach pit scene?
2: Well, the hospital scene I thought was typical Steve bringing out the, uh, wad of cash. Who knows what he carries in his wallet, but apparently it's a lot. And then once again, Steve getting what he wants. Um, that seems to always, that's, uh, that always happens. And then uh that scene was typical branded and net, the guy coming in asking for the Java, which I love it called Java um and then the the classic line was give him the special, no substitutions. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gotta love uh Steve strong arming the nun here, and uh just rolling through every move in his playbook until finally uh he turns on the waterworks, and thats uh. I guess appeals to um, her sensibilities and now he's, he's got the information he needs and we're off and running there. Uh, Nat at the peach pit here. It's Brandon's, I guess, first Christmas now at the peach pit. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think back to Nat's earlier line back in season one, when we first met him, what did he have to say about, his philosophy towards mayonnaise. He said something like when it comes to mayonnaise, you can't be too specific. <laughs> and I guess, uh, yeah, when it, when it comes to feeding the home, the homeless, you can't be too specific either in terms of their request. No substitutions. They're rolling in early. Look, just feed them, get them in, get them out. Um, and Brandon, you know, volunteering his uh, Christmas day to come work. How about that? That's Brandon. though. So, that's brandon for you such so ever the boy scout Maybe say it's better um, than listening to cindy fucking complain all day yeah, like, yeah i'll oh, be yeah, there she's <laughs> like, get she's me out sure, of this house uh, <laughs> she's sure on one although i do like her idea of, of having all the friends over for oh yeah you know, <laughs> since they don't have any any local family that's that's a good i would definitely take her up on that 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 sounds nice
0: but it was also like a dose of reality about how these people live. Like, yeah, Donna's going skiing, of course. You know, sure. like... A, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: They always, like, probably get Well, out even of Kelly, town. who normally wouldn't have anything going on, is like, well, right. oh, shit, this is the one year we can't do it. Right, the one year my mom's sober or whatever. Uh, all right, so Steve takes a taxi to
0: 5595 Navajo Trail, which is the address on the birth certificate. But he finds out it's a longer house. It's been paved and is now a shopping center. Steve uh, heads back to the hotel, dejected. Andrea comes back to the peach pit for some peach pie. And Brandon says, well, she must be depressed about missing school if she's going to her go to when she's feeling down. Yeah. Andrea says Christmas bums her out because her parents ignore Christmas and Hanukkah. And Brandon says, well, why don't you come over for Christmas Eve dinner? But even Andrea's got plans. She's going with Nana to the movies. Nat can't find a Santa suit. And he's looking all around. And we cut to see the homeless man we saw earlier. Outside, wearing a Santa suit, he's mm. ringing a bell and offering candy canes on the street. We then cut to the store where Brenda's working, which I don't think we ever got a name for this place, did we?
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't don't catch
1: one. I think so. No. Maybe it's Nitro again once more. Uh, <laughs> yes, it could be Nitro. Throw it back to the first season.
0: <laughs> uh, so we're at the store. The homeless Santa comes in. He's handing out candy canes to customers. Deidre's not happy. She wants to throw them out. Brenda tells her to be nice, and Deidre says... Uh, She tries to throw him out, but he asks and said, do you need some Christmas cheer? Deidre calls him a nutcase, and Santa says, Merry Christmas to Brenda and leaves sadly. But he kind of looks like right at Brenda, like eye to eye as he says it, (laughs) tries to connect. Back to New Mexico we go. Steve is calling all the numbers under the name Karen Brown in the phone book and has no luck. We cut back to Beverly Hills. Dylan comes into the store to say bye to Brenda. He gives her a kiss, says a crazy Santa gave him a candy cane outside. Dylan rants about poor behavior in the name of Christmas. He says, everyone's forgotten what it's all about because of all the nonsense going out on the street right now. Dylan gives Brenda a gift and it's a broken heart necklace that she loves. And he shows that he has the other side of it uh, to keep. So he'll wear half the heart. She'll wear half the heart around the necks. Brenda's sad that Dylan's going, but he feels like he needs to. He can't leave his dad alone in jail on Christmas. She asks if she can go, but Dylan says, no, be at home with your family. A customer comes in and this is, this is pretty funny. It was right on point. She says, uh, she's holding a blouse and she says, is this going to be on sale the day after Christmas? Because last year I bought a jacket and it went on sale the next day. And if I would have known, I would have waited and she wants to know if this will happen with the blouse and we don't really get a resolution to it. She just rants and raves, uh, Tim. So what'd you think of these few scenes here to this point?
1: Well, uh, Steve trying to track down his birth mother named Karen Brown. Meanwhile, we've got this customer who's a real Karen, right? Who's Mm -hmm. a,
2: I deal with that control. on a daily basis.
1: Man, it's like, that's not how it works, lady. But uh, poor Brenda's got to deal with that, like her first day on the job. That really sucks. Um, Remember phone books, you guys? Having to just look up yeah. people oh, yeah. To, yeah. to get their number? Yep. And, a, and, and using a payphone to then call them. And using a payphone to do yep. it at that? Yep. My God, that's um pretty wild here for Steve, so uh we're gonna we're gonna see if we can track down karen brown she has too common of a name unfortunately Mm -hmm. um for steve and his uh you know phone book but hopefully he's got enough change to make these calls uh while he's gonna be at the payphone for a while also the
0: money he would have used bribe the nuns. the bribe that yeah he's he's still
1: got the money. yeah exactly he
2: needs that money though he needs that money Uh, he does for for the future
1: and you know who uh, you know who got left out of the uh, the Walsh family Christmas invitations was Andrea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when Jim said I knew we we're forgetting someone, Steve. Well, you also forgot Andrea, who it turns That's out right. really doesn't have any plans. It's <laughs> quite depressed about. It. <laughs> so, just goes to show you her her standing in the show right now, <laughs> I guess. Um, so we get this quick little scene with her. Um, a real shame that she just seems to have no holiday traditions whatsoever. Um, you know, you got Dylan going to be visiting Jailbird Father. Uh, I, I like his gift of the the heart, the two halves of, of a heart that he gets. It's sort of, I don't know, a, 90s like that's thing. a little, mm-hmm. that's such a 90s thing, but also a little bit foreshadowing of their relationship, maybe. I don't know. Um, there's some symbolism in there. I'll just, yeah. yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, lots going on here again, not much in the way of plot, but, um, this is a point where I think it's good timing for this to be a holiday episode because we're not in the middle of any real heavy, thick plot lines. We're sort of at the end of a real hot streak with the yep. Emily Valentine stuff. But we're before like the back half of the season Mm -hmm. where some you know Dylan Brenda relationship stuff is going to take center stage. Um, I wonder
0: if that's why they did the Steve thing when they did was just to have like something Mm -hmm. of a hook for this couple episodes and you know, between when they start, yeah, firing that that
1: up.
2: They
0: probably figured they needed like some drama, but just uh, some
2: kind of, yeah. What did you think, Charlie,
0: there, of this little stretch of scenes?
2: Well, going back, I think when you said that uh, you were trying to figure out the name of the place, we got to look what was uh, across the street from Tiffany's, because I remember them at some point saying that. Uh, we got oh, to okay. check on Rodeo Drive, what was right. across the street from Tiffany's. In 1991. Yeah, in sir, 1991. In 1991. I don't know how right. we can do that, but that, that's, that's Probably what we have somewhere. to do.
1: Yeah, we'll find it. Well, All right. But, we yeah, go... yeah, go ahead, Charlie.
2: Yeah, no, no, go ahead.
0: Uh, In New Mexico, Steve has some luck with a guy that gets angry when he picks up the phone and he hangs up. So Steve figures he's got a lead. He takes off for that address. We go to the Taylor House back in Beverly Hills. Jackie and Kelly are trying to make dinner, but it is a disaster. Jackie's all smiles, though. She thinks things are going to get very serious with Mel very soon. Tells Kelly she uh, should know where things are going. Mel brings some flowers over and tells Jackie that him and David will not be coming for Christmas Eve dinner. Mel says his soon-to-be ex-wife wants David home with her and Mel there, too, because she's too depressed and he's worried about her. Jackie has no sympathy and gives Mel a bunch of shit about how hard she's working, making a fool of herself about it. Mel says it's just one night, and Jackie says she took him seriously and let down her walls and just made up plans and uh, told Kelly and throws him out. And Mel uh, tries to talk her down, but he finally gives up and leaves and Jackie starts to cry with Kelly. So let's pause for one sec here, Charlie. Uh, Do you think Jackie was fair in her assessment of this situation? Or do you feel that she overreacted? Because I can kind of see it both
2: ways. I I think she overreacted, um, but I can see in in rational form, I think she overreacted. But from what she's been through and where Mm -hmm. she comes from, I think it was on point to who she is and how she would handle a situation like that. And I think in future episodes, I think that David's mom's situation plays out more if I, Mm -hmm. if I stand corrected, but we'll figure that out later.
0: Yeah. That's a good little seed there too, that his mom is unstable uh, mentally. And I'm with you. Those are my two approaches on it. Like I think she probably didn't give Mel like, the benefit of the doubt to understand, like, you know, this woman probably could be in danger if he doesn't go. But right. on the flip side, um, she has been through a lot. She has been burned before. And hearing Mel say he's going to choose his ex-wife over her in that moment, I could see why she would flip out. So I, I think it's probably a both. I think Kelly's maybe a culprit here that she didn't, like... Kind of stay cool and and play yes. it like yes. try and calm her mom down and be like, listen, because she heard the whole thing. She could have said like, this sounds legit. I don't think he's just blowing us off. Instead, yeah. she kind of fuels the fire a little bit. So I Mel- know maybe not all in on Mel, but
2: Mel has always been an oddball to me in this this series. He's yeah. just he's an odd dude. Mm-hmm.
1: He is an odd dude. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the actor. I don't know. I think. Um what's his name, Matthew Lawrence, brings sort of just a weird energy to this Mm -hmm. character. Has he
2: been in a lot of stuff?
1: He's kind of one of those character actors that, yeah, like he, I remember he, well, I don't remember, but there was a, like in the very, very early days of Fox trying to establish themselves as a network, he was the lead in a sitcom that they did, a very short-lived sitcom. Yeah, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was kind of like a... And this maybe Streets of Fire? Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I don't, don't remember movie, what it maybe. was. Um, what it was called? It was it was duet? sort of like a, almost like a Mad About Mad About You kind of premise, duet, I guess. Or duet was it? Duet, it? Yes. yes, yes. And it um... he doesn't have much. I mean, it says he's
0: active no. as a comedian presently, but he doesn't have like a much of a lift listing here. He actually was on SNL. Um, for 13 episodes. Really? Where he, He's okay. listed
2: yeah. as a comedian.
0: Yeah, so maybe he was more of yeah. like a stand-up or something. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, He played, he was in Eddie and the Cruisers, he was in Streets of Fire, and then 90210 and Duet did Duet, a mm-hmm. couple 30-something, but he doesn't have
1: much of a list beyond that, so maybe, yeah, maybe he was like a stand-up, I guess. Interesting. And he has kind of that sardonic sort of mm-hmm. like, deadpan quality to him. Yes. But, um, I don't know, all that is to say, this scene, yeah, I, I kind of gave some thought to this as well. Like it does seem like Jackie is overreacting, but you can you can understand where she's coming from in the moment, right? where she's look, Jackie's a pretty intense person. We know that. Mel, certainly, as long as they've been dating now, she says something like about six months, he knows that, so. I get the impression he probably hasn't said anything to her in terms of just the extent of uh, his soon-to-be ex-wife's, um, you know. Right, issues. yeah, maybe he hasn't told her as much about it. Right? Yeah, like, he, this he's probably kind of springing this on her out of nowhere, and she's just thinking, oh, well, you're obviously just having second thoughts about leaving your family, you're getting sentimental around the holidays, like, you know, you're jerking me around like you could see how she could come to that conclusion because um, she's been burned in the past. And she just she doesn't take any shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, really and truly, this is right. It's
0: almost like a, I'm not going to waste my time at this age and my point of my life. Exactly. Like yep. If you're not yep. serious, you know, as Logan Roy may say, if you're not a serious person, I'm not going to be not a serious person. My, yeah. I'm not going to waste my time.
1: Mm-hmm. with you. And she's probably had that conversation with them. Right. You get right. the sense that she's. Going, mm-hmm. look, we're either all in or we're all out. So if you commit to something, if you tell me you're going to do something and I have certain expectations of you and then, you know, you don't come through, that's it, you know, fuck mm-hmm. it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I get totally where she's, she's coming from. It's just, she does have the, she does get the wrong impression here. And right. this is the first of, you know, the first of the show planting the seed that uh, David's mother um, Mm -hmm. has some mental health problems, which hasn't, I mean, she's been mentioned previously, but hasn't been seen. Right. Not to uh, that level. Yeah. In this show. Yeah. And still will not be seen in the show for quite some time, I believe. I would say it's um, like season six, maybe something like that. uh, Yeah. Something like that. All right, back
0: to New Mexico we go. Steve wanders up to Brown's Cafe and talks to the owner, but he wants nothing to do with Steve. But then he kind of does a quick around, like, roundabout. He reveals that he's Karen's dad, and Steve says, I'm her son. And Mr. Brown says, well, let's talk. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if they just rush this, but normally when the guy, like, in Mr. Brown's position says, like, I don't want to hear it, it's almost like he's been through this before. Like, maybe various kids, okay they just believe it, he needs more proof. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or he thinks he's like a report. Like, it's I don't know. It's just it was just weird how quickly he gave in after being so adamant that he didn't want to talk to him. But uh, so they they're gonna sit down. We go to the store. Kelly's visiting Brenda. He tells her. Uh, she tells her about Mel ditching them. Kelly asks to use Brenda's discount to buy Jackie a gift. She says Jackie. She doesn't want Jackie to start drinking, and now that it's gonna be sitting home alone. So Brenda says seven p.m. Walsh house. Let's go. <laughs> yep. In comes homeless Santa. He's flirting with Kelly and Brenda, but Deidre throws him out again. Uh, then we get a very interesting scene that I had no memory of this existing, and I'd had no clue that Emily Valentine was going to be back for it with us. Right. This That's
2: right. Uh, What's going Brandon, on? Here.
0: Brandon shows up at the hospital. He's got a gift for Emily. And When he first walked in, I thought they were going to tell him, like, oh, she can't see you. or like, I didn't think we were actually going to see her, but she comes mm-hmm. out. She's all smiles. Uh, she's worried that she looks messy, but Brandon's like, don't worry about it. And he gives her a gift. Emily's embarrassed and said her doctor told her to take some time away from talking to people, but she's very happy to see him. She gives an official apology, but Brandon says, I didn't come for that. Emily says, this is a place, this place is good for her. She's been able to deal with everything in her head and she'll be out soon. She may even get to go home to Christmas dinner tomorrow. Emily even jokes that maybe Andrea can write an article about the nutcase returning to West Beverly. Uh, (laughs) Emily then opens the gift. It's the minister. So um, the last time we saw her, when she uh, tried to destroy the float, the one that she put on to paint, uh, she loves it. Brandon tells her to read the card, and we see it's from the whole gang. And Brandon says they all would have come if it were not for the strict visitors policy. They then hug and end in a pretty good place. And I like this scene a lot, Tim. Um, I like the way it was presented and done. I think Emily deserved this wrap-up versus the way we last left her, so I was cool with that. Uh, the interesting thing to me though was that it didn't feel like the end of the road for her. Like it almost felt like we were going to see her again in the second half of the season because she says, "I might like I'm going to try to come mm-hmm. back to school, Andre can write a paper." So I don't know if they were still thinking about maybe having her come back or not, but or just maybe be a character that pops in now and then at school. But to me, this didn't feel like a goodbye. I was waiting for her to say, "You know, my parents decided we should move or something like that." Because yeah, this, but...
1: yeah. It, it, it's definitely a fitting epilogue for the character. Uh, we, you know, we thought we were kind of done with that whole saga, and and we are. You know, we've we went from the uh, pyromania, which which wasn't in our recollection at least, to uh, Steve now trying to find his birth mother. We figure Emily's now in the distance, right? But here she mm-hmm. is again, appropriately enough, on this holiday themed episode. Just just a little quick catch up here. And it, it does sort of at least feel like they're leaving the door open for more with this character, whether she's going to return to the show this season, or maybe, maybe even next season, like she gets a fresh start for, you know, the senior year, who knows like that is very much um, left on the table. I feel like, and um, it's good that she and, and Brandon kind of have a, proper reconciliation here. Um, at least given, you know, the way he's going to, I don't know what she's going to become to him and in his mind later on. It makes a lot more sense uh, coming on the heels of a scene like this, as opposed to the last time he sees her is she's kind of out of her mind, threatening to burn down the school, or burn down the float or whatever. Right. So,
2: yeah, maybe she'll make another appearance at some point wink wink um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was funny when i when brandon walked into the hospital i'm going who's he going to see i didn't even yeah. I, it didn't even dawn on me until i saw her so that yeah. was uh but they had a thing and it was a strong thing and it was a it was it was good it was good to see that
0: i also feel like brandon like he signed her that because he's he, like to the point that the card was from everyone they were all gonna come um you know like it's not like a uh like you know, i came to see you because i still love you approach right it was more like True. oh hey all your friends are thinking of you attitude see i um, took that as
2: like was he doing that because he was embarrassed not embarrassed but he was like he had everyone sign the card just because she was such in her hard place that he wanted her to know that more people were there for her. Or was it, was that really the case? I don't know.
0: Uh,
2: no, I took it as that. Well, I I think it was like him
0: indirectly kind of saying, Hey, we're all your friends. You know what I mean? Versus like, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it was more that. Um, all right. So, David shows up at the Taylor house and gives Kelly his gift. Kelly's hostile to him. David says, it's not my fault. He's used to, I'm always being used as an excuse for my mom to get my dad to her house. He says he likes Jackie. He did want to spend Christmas with them and doesn't want anyone to get hurt. He says, I'm not my dad. Because Kelly even says, like, don't you want your parents to get back together? But he's like, yeah, but not like this. David mm-hmm. gives her the gift and Kelly gives him his. David <laughs> makes it like a vibrator choke. He's like, is it going to yes, vibrate? Yes. Like, uh, what the fuck was that? I, like, I, I I don't know. That completely caught me off guard.
2: Like they that, that came that out, out of nowhere. Like
1: mm-hmm. Different type of show. It's the type of line that normally that line is like, oh, is it ticking or like, is it a bomb? You know, like something like that. But it he definitely takes it in more of a I don't know. Just it, it seems like innuendo. You I know? think
2: he literally said it may vibrate, right? Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. It was it was weird. It was really weird.
0: I don't. I don't know where they were going with that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Al Brown says he helped name Steve, we find out, uh, as they're at the diner, and says mm. Karen doesn't live here anymore and uh, would be okay meeting with him and explains why Karen gave him up. She was in high school, no husband, and the baby needed a loving family. Karen moved to Albuquerque. She got married. Her new last name is Mulligan. Steve asks if she thinks about him and asked for her number. He said he had a very strong feeling about trying to meet her on Christmas. Al says she made things final when she gave him up and picked a good home for him. Steve tries to talk Al to it, but Al reveals that Karen passed away in a really bad auto accident close to home. Al's in tears. and says she would have loved to see you, but she's gone. Uh, did you like this twist, Charlie, or like, cause it, it does put a good kind of closure for Steve, not like having his mom out there, I guess, but um you know, and, well, and the way they pay it off later is good, too. But it was definitely kind of a tough scene for him.
2: Well, it, it was tough for Steve, but it. it in the, the reality of the show, it ended it. It stopped it right there. That right. was the end. Yep. You're sitting with the grandfather. Now he's got this and that can end quickly. And the mom is gone. So that yep. never has to come up again.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I think it's kind of necessary for the show and and necessary closure for Steve not to have this birth mother still out there who, you know, there's always going to be the question of, oh, what's going on? What's Steve's relationship with, you know, this other Mm. semi-parental figure, right? Yep, yep. Um, So it's good that they just kind of draw a line under that and move on. What I do wonder is, when did all of this happen? Because why is she still listed in the phone book? It, <laughs> I mean, I know that you know these things can be—I thought of that—somewhat out of date, but apparently we've missed uh, a wedding, uh, a marriage with a name change, and a death, Um and it's it's all just still under her maiden name. It's just—I don't know. That's that came off as a little. Oh yeah, that too. Did you know, he weird. say he had?
2: Did it say she had kids, too, or no?
1: No, he doesn't
0: mention kids.
2: He he didn't mention any
0: other I don't know why I
2: thought
0: he did. She hired a guy named Blackjack. And her new last name is Mulligan. Jim (laughs) is practicing carols on the keyboard. Brandon says the surprise is in place for later for Cindy. Uh, Samantha Sanders shows up at the house. Cindy's starstruck, and she asks if they heard from Steve at all. Samantha says she called the police to file a missing persons report. And Brandon says he knows where he was going. And she said Steve was so insistent and she didn't want to stand in the way. Cindy tries to reassure her that he'll call on Christmas. And she says, nobody celebrates Christmas like I do. I gave him so many presents. And says maybe she gave him too much. And that's why everything backfired on her. Cindy tries to talk her down, give her some reassurance, and tells her. I love Cindy so desperate that people stay at this house. She's like, stay here for Christmas. Don't go home. Just hang out with us. Don't go sit home alone. Please, like, stay please. Here. Uh, And she says, and Samantha says, it will be nice to be with a friend of my son's. Uh, We go back to New Mexico. Steve and Al are visiting Karen's grave. They put flowers. Steve talks about hoping to meet her and how he he fits in in this world, tries to come to terms with everything going on. Al says, Karen is part of him. And Steve says, maybe in 50 years, he'll look like Al, that he never had a grandfather. And he says, will you be my grandfather? And Al says, sure. My pleasure. And they agree to keep in touch. And maybe Al can come visit in Los Angeles. Steve asked for a ride to the airport and Al says, okay. And I'll say this about this actor. And I don't know if he was playing it like this on purpose. I could not tell the whole time if he was humoring Steve, if he was mm-hmm. annoyed by Steve, or if he was legitimately like yes, caring yes. for Steve. Like everything he was
2: good. He was good. I kept
0: waiting for him to be like it almost felt like like Wilford Brimley like at a comedic yes. role, you know. What I mean, like <laughs> I, I kept waiting for like a sarcastic response, like "Oh yeah, I'll be a fucking grandfather," you know. What I mean, like, mm. and the way he would pause and talk sounded like he was being sarcastic, but I don't, I don't think he was supposed to be coming off that way.
2: No, I don't think uh, yeah, it was. It's... I, I definitely hear you, but I, I, I think he was trying to be legit.
1: I guess so. It, it's very schmaltzy with you know Steve's whole. Oh, I came to find my real mom, and I found my granddaddy instead. Kind of thing. It's just I don't know. Oh, Even man. when
2: he was like, "Will you be my grandfather?" Right. It, yeah.
1: Exactly. Oh. It, it made him look like yeah, he was like six or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's weird because we've we've um, established that. All right, we're not going to be finding this this birth mother who is. Uh, deceased sadly but we are going to leave um a, a grandfather figure out there for steve who we know has some daddy issues as well uh spoiler this uh this man is not going to be seen again um no this ever, is ever yeah. my recollection
2: no no that's the end of him
1: yeah and right. uh, Samantha yeah. showing up at the Walsh house by the way is sort of that feels a little random and plus the conversation that she has with Cindy and the kids almost feels like did no one tell her did Steve not tell her I I feel like we like why is she following a missing persons report like didn't
2: yeah did that was a little was, that, I thought yeah, she he, knew she yeah he told I know
1: exactly where he is
2: well she, she said the name
0: and where she was right that was new mexico yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. told
2: him where to go and i thought it mm. sounded like at the beginning that she okayed him to go there
0: that's what well, i thought she kind of had to right she like, it's like i let him go i uh, guess so it just yeah, but kim like kim said heart. the whole
2: the whole missing persons
0: right mega little... i think it was more that he hadn't replied oh, mm-hmm. or yeah. I hadn't uh, reached out to her so maybe yeah. Maybe that's she's why like worried. she's like, I haven't heard from him. I'm worried. He's 16. He's, you know, on his own. Like, so maybe it was more that, like something could have gone wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, instead of doing that, instead of filing missing persons report, she is going to spend Christmas with uh, her son's Friends, parents, <laughs> yes, like we all. Not know. her friends. She doesn't. She's got a careful. Make that to very call clear. Them her friends. The good yeah. thing. hang she's, out with a friend of my son.
2: Who oh, she's never met son. before either. Has she? Has she? She never met. She never met the Walshes so. before, right?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't know if she's Not even met screen. Brandon. Yeah, right. Oh, she must have met Brandon. I would think. Brenda and well, Dylan lock up the store. Uh, I'm sorry, Deidre, lock up the store. Deirdre thanks her for doing great. The cops are outside. They're harassing Santa. they are giving him some shit for hanging around. Brenda gets involved. She says she knows who he is. He's Santa. And she's not bothering anyone. And the complaints aren't real. Brenda gives the cops some shit. And they back off pretty easily. (laughs) I don't want to know smoke on Christmas Eve. Brenda invites Santa for dinner by saying, would you like to visit my home? Um, This also, with the vibrator line, felt a little creepy when she said it. She's like... Like to me, yes, if yes. You don't know she's sixteen. She's like inviting this guy home for the night. You know what I mean? Like it, the way she said it. Instead of saying, "Would you like to come to my parents' house for Christmas dinner?" She's like, "Would you like to come to my house, my home?" Um, and they joke a bit. So I don't know. That that felt a little off.
2: Typical Brenda, though. That's yeah. how Brenda handles things.
1: Way to go, Brent. <laughs> Brenda.
2: Brenda, <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> what did she say? She said something like, "Oh, it'll be fine. I mean, I'll have to convince my mom, but it'll be fine." She said right. something like that. right.
0: Brenda and Santa come home. Jim is shook by this uh, <laughs> random appearance of a homeless man, but uh, Brenda smooths it over, says her instincts say he's harmless. Kelly and Jackie arrive, and Cindy's surprised to see them, but she's very happy. Jackie's bitter about Mel and Cindy and Jim cave on letting Santa stay. Cindy's buzzing now. She's got the everyone in the house. She's flying high. <laughs> Steve uh, in New Mexico is running through the airport and asks a random guy to fly him home on a charter. The pilot's dressed as Santa. Uh, at first, he says no, he's busy, but here's the wad of cash. He busts out uh, for the quick flight, and he accepts. And this is up there with the speed racer dream from season one as one of the worst scenes we've seen so far. Um, they're flying to Los Angeles. The Dasher pilots,
2: and Danza and prancer. Oh
0: god! And it's like it's one of those real, obviously bad voiceovers. Like they're mm. in the we're seeing them like from the ground in the plane, but we're hearing them talk. And you know he's doing the Santa voiceover terrible um so anyway steve steve grifts his way onto a onto a plane um i do like a little bit how between grandpa al homeless santa and this pilot there's like a little hint of christmas magic in all of them like Uh any of them could be like santa you know what i mean like they're kind of teasing like this guy could even
2: be santa yeah when this guy showed up you're like all right now who's santa right one of these guys is santa
0: Right, is this
1: guy going to be... Smart? Yeah, all these various random interloopers who are, right. no coincidence, yep. elderly Kind men, old right? men, <laughs> right, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Santa making yes
1: Making Christmas dreams come true for everyone. You know, Cindy's getting the, the house full of people <laughs> she wants, <laughs> yep. and Steve is, is getting some answers about his... his uh, where he came from and now he's he's going home going back home for christmas like it's just all coming together right
0: all right. We go to the Walsh house. Cindy is in heaven. She's feeding everyone. Jim says, can I take your sack? Like, another line. And it's like, I don't know who the hell wrote this. Andrew Dice Clay wrote this episode or something. Like It's like out of nowhere. Like, all these double entendres. I mean, he looks at Santa in the eye and says, can I take your sack? Like,
1: What are we doing? This is a Darren Starr written episode. My lord. Looking, looking at the Wikipedia. So, a little Oof. Sex in the City action for you here. My uh, creator of this show, I guess.
0: Andrea arrives with a brisket. Sam says, uh, Samantha Sanders says she's heard a lot about her. And Andrea's surprised. I liked that as well. That was like yeah right. nod to Steve's kind of secret affinity for Andrea that we've right. had going on. So yeah. he's obviously talked about her to Samantha. Uh, Dylan's at prison. He's sitting alone. Santa, another Santa comes over. He gives him another a candy Santa, cane. Yeah. Okay. Another
2: Santa. That's right.
0: Uh, and Mr. Jack McKay arrives. And it is the Jack McKay we know and love, my friends, That's finally right. here. He was looking uh, good. Yeah, Josh Taylor in the role. So we have the fake one in season one, yep. but yep. get the official Jack uh, here with us. He's happy to see Dylan. Yeah, Dylan gives him some stuff to use in prison. Uh, they struggle a bit to talk, and then Dylan gives him some shit. Says, "You know, you always abandoned me in the past at Christmas, and it always hurt. But no matter what, I couldn't abandon you here as much as I wanted to do it as revenge." So he's said, I'm not going not to be like you, Dad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna support you. Jack says he feels like a monk because all he does is sit and think and read and eat bad food. And he always hated meditation, but now he does it and he gets it. He thinks about Dylan being strong on his own out in the world. And Dylan says he thought he was supposed to be better than his dad, but they're just the same. And Jack says, no, buddy, you're already better than me. Dylan says, maybe they could have dinner together tonight. And Jack says, you still dating that girl, Brenda? And he says, yes. And he goes, well, go see her. And Dylan says, you know, are you sure? Like, I came to see you, and he says, No, you coming was all I needed. That's all I deserve. Go make yourself happy. Um, I like the planting of the seed here again with like Jack and Dylan and how their relationship's going to be. Like, deep down, I think you know, Jack obviously cares for him and you know, wants the best for Dylan. Yep, but there's also an air of, um, I don't want to go as far as saying gaslighting, but he knows he can kind of puppeteer Dylan as he needs. And we're going to see that a little bit later, right? Where he, yes, it's in the name of love and, you know, fatherly
1: affection, but a lot yep. of it
0: is often like using Dylan as a, you know, means to an end. So, um, but Tim, what'd you think of the, the prison visit here.
1: Yeah, very true. And uh, when Dylan said he was going to visit his dad in prison, I was hoping we would meet the real mckay as it as it were mm-hmm. with uh josh taylor here
2: so is but, that the first is that the first time he showed up that
1: the character that, has been on the show but he wasn't yeah. played by this actor it was a different actor, actor really. taylor yeah yeah we started it was
2: like
0: one episode in season
1: one where they're at the hotel yeah you're right you're right
2: yeah. it wasn't yeah. yeah all right
1: different guy um it may have been two different actors to be honest with you for as <laughs> briefly as right um wow. this character is
2: Cause that's all so I remember is looking. him.
1: Yep. Yep. So yeah, well, this is the one here. Yeah. We, yeah, he, he pretty much owns the role from here on out. Um, and this is a stay tuned. We will see more of him, more of their relationship mm-hmm. and just that dynamic between the two of them, because as much as Dylan is kind of an old soul and the way he thinks and, you know, just kind of the, the ideas that he has, uh, his old man kind of one ups him on that count. Certainly, the mm-hmm. more um, I don't know this this version of uh, of Jack McKay, who I guess has has reinvented himself in prison, become a little bit more mindful, a little bit more thoughtful, and at the same time, he he does still have that um, that kind of he can't help but be a little bit conniving, I guess. Right um, yeah. behind all of his good intentions,
2: that's Jack.
1: That's Jack.
0: All right. Back at the Walsh house, Santa thanks Cindy, gives her a gift, and it's a nice little handkerchief. Santa gives uh, Brenda a gift, too, and they're Tiffany earrings, and then gives gifts to everybody. And Brenda realizes all of these gifts are things that she sells at Deidre's store. Mm. Jim and Cindy are kind of piecing things together. Things don't feel right with this Santa. Nat's suit went missing. This guy shows up dressed as Santa. (laughs) He's hanging out around Brenda's store. Now he's giving gifts from the store. What's going on? Mel and David show up at the Walsh house. Cindy lets them in. Mel talks to Jackie and kind of smooths things over. Says he just wanted to be there for his ex but if she, because she was in trouble. But says you have to really separate to separate and tells Jackie he never went. He drove around and it hit him that he loves Jackie and wanted to be with her. Um, in the other room, David is giving like the full play-by-play to Kelly of what uh, – Mel just said to Jackie, which I thought was a pretty funny bit. I, I thought David has a couple of good comedic moments of this episode. Yeah. That's, yeah, I like that when he's just basically replaying exactly what she said. Um, the doorbell rings again. It is Donna. She says there was no snow in Mammoth, so they came right back
2: home. <laughs> that was great.
0: you think they could have checked the forecast before driving up there, but I don't know how long that ride is. Uh, David comes over. He's all smiles with Donna. Brenda, uh, uh, Brandon gets vintage World War I dog tags from Santa, and Brandon... Points out to Donna and David are standing under the mistletoe and they kiss. Mm. Samantha comes in, she's ready to head home, but as she does, Cindy yells it uh, for Jim, he says her ring is missing along with her other jewelry. Cindy starts to lose it about Brenda bringing home an eccentric street person. And says <laughs> it's like a Vince McMahon term for a homeless guy. Yes. <laughs> eccentric street person. Didn't say <laughs> transient.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: says this is all suspicious and she's going to call the cops. Cindy says they're all too naive generous. They need to be more street smart. Jim hangs up the phone before she can dial and gives Cindy her early Christmas gift and it's her engagement ring, the missing ring. He took it and got it reset a week ago. Jim said when they got married, he couldn't afford a nice ring, but now he can and he wanted to do it for her. And Cindy feels bad that she suspected Santa. It says for tonight, she wants to stay naive, believe in Santa and the honesty of the world.
2: Who didn't expect Santa after that?
0: Right. Uh, I mean... Even I, me,
2: I was yeah. I was like, because I don't rem- I, I, I thought I remember the episode Then I'm like, wait, did he did he really go up there and take that? And right, then right. then that happened. I'm
1: already sure pretty it, sure. Yeah, we're yeah, already pretty he, sure he took the Santa suit from from yeah. that.
2: Even though yeah. when when Brenda got the stuff and she goes, oh, this is from Tiffany's. That goes back to what I said before about the the lady saying, get out of here and go across the street and go to the the uh security guards at tiffany's so you're like mm-hmm. all right you got the stuff from her store mm-hmm. now you got the stuff from across the street from tiffany's and then they got the engagement ring and you're going what what's going on here
0: yeah it definitely seemed like they were setting up for that and then so they could give brenda some shit about bringing this guy home and stealing everything and you know whatever else but it's we kind of went through this before too with yeah. it was a similar story to dylan um with the the, the night, uh, yeah, the poker yeah, game. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I was on yeah. for that one too. Yeah, right. I think you were. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. It was a similar story, right? Yes, they they yeah. figured it was him and everything. So you think they would have learned? Plus,
1: Brenda has been through mm-hmm. a a shoplifting scare. Remember, mm-hmm. really, yes, early yes on. she has. Something like yep. the that's right, second or third episode of the sh- of the series. Um Because all the girls just...
2: had the cool stuff, and she wanted uh-huh. the cool stuff.
1: Yep. Yep. All right, Samantha gets
0: home. She's sad she's alone, but hears some noise upstairs. And it's Steve. He's in his room watching Miracle on 34th Street. Steve says he waited an hour for Samantha to get home and it cost <laughs> him a lot more a lot of money to get home. They hug and he apologizes, but says he had to do it. He explains what happened and says his mom is beautiful, caring, created him out of love, and made sure he was happy for 17 years. She always did the right thing and was there for him, gave him all he ever wanted. It says he went so far away just to find out, you know, that Samantha was his mom. He'll never leave her on Christmas ever again. And I really liked that scene quite a bit. Perfect. The payoff. Great. We didn't need more than that. Like, okay, nope. now now we're settled. Steve's adopted, but Samantha's his mom, and we're not going to you know, battle through this anymore. Probably. Perfect. Uh, we're back at the Walsh house. Donna is sitting on Santa's lap. and says Christmas bums her out because her birthday is on Christmas and no one ever remembers and gives her a present that serves as both and she never gets a cake or a party or anything. So again, that's a pretty big plot incident uh, or notification for us for the future mm-hmm. that Donna's birthday is on Christmas. That's just come up again. Uh, yep. Santa and the rest of the friends sing happy birthday. The doorbell rings and it's Dylan. Uh, and uh, as Andrea is up next for Santa's lap, by the way, she's very excited to top on Santa's lap. So she does that as Dylan shows up, Brenda's thrilled and Jim and Cindy are too. They all hug it out. They're glad to see him. Uh, I think we even get a little sun out of Jim. So we'll, uh, we'll see what things go with them. <laughs> Andrea is sitting on Santa's lap. She's ranting about Christmas and then runs through her list of gifts. Dylan says he saw Santa, that Santa somewhere earlier today and Santa says he is Santa, but nobody believes anymore. Kelly says there's a Santa on every corner and you know where to find it. Santa says he thought the magic didn't exist anymore. He used to live with Mrs. Claus high up on the hills and having a big tree and gifts for all his elves, but the elves all moved away. Talks about Mrs. Claus always made the best dinners. Even when it was just the two of them left alone in the big house But last year, Mrs. Claus passed away and Christmas died with her. He wanted to pretend that Christmas didn't exist, but something told him to go looking. And he was about to believe Santa only belonged in jail until Brenda took in a lonely old man for dinner and made him believe yet again. Yes. The door rings, uh, doorbell rings. It's Nat and the Peach Pit staff. They're there at Christmas Carol. Everyone's happy and content. Cindy invites them all in, but Nat basically tells the rest of them to move on, and he's going to hang in and drink <laughs> too many people in, house,
2: man. you too guys many people in Cindy's house.
0: Too many uh, Nat tells Brandon he found a Santa outfit. It was under the counter, so that's the payoff there. The yep. Uh, now that we find out he's not a homeless guy, but this old man did not take it. Uh, Jim wants to lead some more carols, so they all go and get into it. Brandon leaves as they all start singing and suddenly it starts snowing outside and we see Brandon out by the window running a snow machine. Uh, Steve and Samantha pull up. Brandon's excited to see him. Steve says he's starving. They head inside and everyone is happy to see Steve and Santa winks at him. They all sing White Christmas as we wrap things up in peace. Which I liked this ending being so everyone at peace, everyone at ease together, all being friends because we have a second half (laughs) shitstorm is brewing for the back end of the season. So it's kind of like before the we get into storm
2: before we get into it more, did with David and Donna in the previous couple episodes, were they kind of getting close together? Because they were with the mistletoe and they were sitting on each other.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, they are at the um when they went to the dance, the homecoming oh, or whatever dance. That's right. It was, yes, 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 yes. Donna, like, all right, all right.
2: Gave I remember that
1: in front of everyone and then made out with David. Yes, floor. yes. Yeah, okay. That's kind of where they made it official. All right,
2: all right, yeah, I remember that now. Uh, so anyway, that's
0: it, uh, Charlie. What did you think of the full wrap up here?
2: I th- I thought it was a great episode. I mean, this this episode stuck out more uh, as I watched it. I remembered that I I because I remember watching it live, um, and then multiple times after that. But um, that this episode stuck out to me more than most. Um, it was it was it was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. I felt
1: it's a really good christmas episode too yes yes just with i mean they lay it on yes especially in the closing i mean they they just really go for broke with i mean everybody showing up at the walsh house like steve watching uh miracle on 34th street you've got a a white christmas in beverly hills courtesy of brandon with brandon random snow machine where did this come from right that's just yeah, they I, like, oh, I guess you know <laughs> rented it whatever <laughs> um it's just i mean really 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 laying it on thick but this is the one time of year you can get away with that and gosh this is the maybe the one and only time in the show's run where they can do this kind of episode that is relatively conflict free because again it's it's happening at this, like, midpoint between um, major storylines for the season. I just think, like, every other season of this show, as it gets more and more serial- serialized, you don't really have these, these natural breakpoints. And when you do, it's not really around the holidays like this. Um, so I, I can't think of another episode of of the show that is like this christmasy i mean i know there's the thing i think it's next season with the angels that
2: mm-hmm. oh god that yeah. i mean I, yeah I, yes, it is I very much that. a
1: christmas episode but it's so high concept that it's sort of yes ridiculous but this was um, your
2: typical christmas yeah like if you think of great tv shows and christmas episodes mm-hmm. this this was for this show this is a great christmas episode
0: Oh yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Like it felt like it had all the classic tenets. It's, it's full Christmas spirit the entire time. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. maybe except when Steve's in New Mexico for those brief scenes. <laughs> but other than that, like everything's got Christmas music. It's Christmas themed. You get a little bit of magic in there with Santa. Um, You know, it's, it's very heavily, they, they definitely made up for not having one the first season and it's, it's a really good Christmas episode. And Um, you know there's homages in there to different movies so like i think they really took their time and laid it out to make it feel like a true hollywood uh holiday you know outing and i again i like how they end in such a good place to make you feel kind of like okay things are good because there's a lot of chaos yep Mm. uh to come ahead and they drop some good little hints too and they're like the donna birthday dylan and jack you know, and a couple other things that were kind of woven throughout this. So,
1: yeah, definitely, um, it made me want to hang out with the uh, the Walshes in 1991 yeah. <laughs> here uh, on Christmas. This is like the longest Christmas Eve ever, ever, by the way. Because oh like, yeah, it just feels like everybody's dropping in, and it's it doesn't feel like it's one after the other, right? It feels like there's some time we're sitting around socializing, having a good right. time, drinking cold cider or whatever. <laughs> whatever's going on is just like, that doing? oh now that here's starts with uh samantha sanders right and then oh here's andrea here's here's uh uh david here's jackie and and Kelly, here's uh Mel, here's... It's just like... <laughs>
0: throughout well, I feel like the, the night, Halloween one, too, where a lot where a lot happened, and you mm-hmm. kind of forget, I guess, if it got darker earlier, like, maybe they started, like, at four, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Yeah, yeah we kind yeah. of had that
1: same observation Yeah, yeah in that episode. Right.
0: Alright, let's get to our awards. Um, For best scene, I ended up going with Brandon visiting Emily at the hospital. I, I just thought that was really well done.
1: Hmm. Um... might mm-hmm. yeah, uh I'm gonna actually go Steve reconciling with his mom mm. um, towards the end as my best scene I, I thought that was really well handled but it's was I really like the Brandon Emily stuff too
2: yeah I was gonna go with Br- both of you guys because I was I was going with Brandon and Emily but but you're right too, Tim I mean that was uh both of those are two key points right there
0: okay uh most important scene I kind of had it as a tie between Jackie and Mel getting back together and saying I love you because obviously that's gonna be a big story going forward and Dylan and Jack's reconciliation in the prison because that's gonna set up some stuff to come big stuff to come Mm -hmm.
2: I was going with Dylan and his, his father because that's uh, that's a main that's a main point coming up.
1: I will likewise give it to Dylan and Jack.
0: All right, most nineties look. I went with Cindy's like school marm outfit and ascot she was <laughs> rocking during Christmas Eve. Like it felt like someone something like a woman of that age would wear in the nineties. So, I don't know.
2: You yeah. guys know. That's a- Good you guys know me with uh donna so that donna that like gold dress she had on that was that was very 90 to me mm-hmm.
1: um steve i feel like when he gets back into town uh is it during the scene where he's watching the movie i feel like has a very like 90s button up shirt on <laughs> it's not i, I may have the scene wrong but there is one point where it's like Whoa, that's a very loud shirt. That I remember that. I which remember is that. very Steve as well. Yes.
0: Okay, most 90s moment. Um, i went with a few things here. So one is the mysterious homeless Santa being the real Santa. I like kind of where they were going for a bit. And then just all the Christmas stuff, like we talked about, was prototypical 80s, 90s Christmas TV episode. Just mm-hmm. Everything about it, uh, down to the inviting the guy over for dinner. That was like a very big. Like they're gonna do it in Saved by the Bell" too. Like it's, you know, that exact angle. Um, just uh, the vibe, the music, just everything they got going on, just like just fit the exact prototype of a
1: TV in that era of Christmas. Yeah, um, even in things like buying a live tree, which mm-hmm. I feel like was much more of a thing back then than it is today. Yep. Um, I mean, I know people still do that, but. It just seems like majority of, of households have maybe switched to artificial trees at this point, right? Um, I mean, again, Steve with the uh, the phone book and the the payphone uh, on top of that, trying to track this person down. Um, very '90s, and again, all the like you said, all the Christmas stuff, JT.
2: I was going with the phone book and the pay phone and Mm -hmm. then the, at the beginning with all the Christmas decorations on Rodeo drive, like the little figures and stuff like that. That was, that just is nineties all over it right there. All
0: right. Uh, Best lesson learned. I'm with don't judge a
1: Santa by its cover.
2: Mm. That's a good good one. one. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not much more in the way of lessons, really. And you know, don't um, don't sell your your um, adoptive parents short um, because you're you're missing. You think you're missing something in terms of your birth parents. Because <laughs> right, uh, that's it. as Jim put it. There's usually a there's usually a reason that birth parents do not want to be found by mm-hmm. uh, he did say biological that. children.
2: Although in I'm this case, going, it seems the, like the woman she was would've. dead, but I mean, yeah,
1: maybe she, maybe she would have under different circumstances, i.e. being alive, but, um, <laughs> you know,
2: you can't go this, against Jim's advice,
1: though. <laughs> right. That's another important lesson. Um, she did have many years while she was alive that she could have right. perhaps, but maybe for out. his, his sake, maybe she didn't mm. want to do that to Steve. Yeah, perhaps. Because no, the no, way you can always put the feeler out there. Hey, Samantha Sanders. Uh I know that you've given my son a great life. Just want to let you know if he's ever interested, I'm down. You know? Right.
2: And like you said, treat people how they want to be treated because you never know, they may be Santa.
1: Exactly. All right. Uh best hookup.
0: It wasn't really I mean there wasn't really any in this episode too much. I just went Brandon and Emily one last time. Like that was like to me just such a calming scene and they still had their chemistry on full display in that scene, even though it's not, you know, as charged as it was in the past, like it's still, you could feel the vibes between the two of them still there.
2: I hear that. Um, Donna, David under the mistletoe.
1: Yeah. That's a good one too. Yep. And that's a new relationship. So as much as we are going to see more from them, it's still quite fresh in our minds right now.
0: All right, a couple of quotes I had. uh, Was that Cindy Walsh or Ebenezer Scrooge? That was from Brenda. Uh, Don't open that in front of your mom. It vibrates. That was David's awful (laughs) joke. And then Jim saying, can I take your sack to Santa?
2: Three great ones, and you can't forget. Give them the special.
0: uh,
1: Oh, yeah, no no substitutions. No
2: substitutions.
1: Um, I had those. I the only one I will add is uh, Cindy and her exchange with Kelly. Uh, she's your mother's cooking, and Kelly just replies, "I'm afraid so." <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: all right. Not looking
1: forward to it.
0: No, definitely not. Um, all right. Final grade. I ended up going seven and a half. I, I liked this episode quite a bit. I thought it was a really good holiday episode, but we also had stuff happen it was a longer one, but it didn't feel like that much dramatically longer watching it. You know what I mean? Like it, it Mm -hmm. still moved along. So I liked it. I liked it a little bit better than Chucky last episode. Um, I had her about the same as the Christmas. I mean, uh, a little bit better than the Halloween. So that's kind of
1: where I slotted it in. Um, yeah, I, I'm also going to give it a seven and a half. Uh, it's like, it's one of those good episodes. That's just, fun for the sake of the character interactions and just given that it's it's a holiday episode right so it's not one that you would necessarily want to throw on or be in the mood to watch any just any old time of year like it it definitely wants to put you in the christmas spirit so mm-hmm. it's a little bit awkward watching this here in uh, you know the summertime um but uh it's it's very good at what it sets out to do Um, And I I like that it's, it's relatively conflict free. I think you can get away with that, um, especially for these, these kind of one-off special occasion type Mm -hmm. episodes, which is very much what this is. Um, And yeah, it, it does not feel, um, it doesn't feel like it's, it's significantly longer than, you know, your regular outing because they, they keep enough plates in motion where we're switching between characters with great frequency. And we have a lot of characters, pretty much our entire ensemble. And then some appears in this episode, which is great to see.
2: I'm going like 7.8. If I can do that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: 7.8. I love it.
2: Um, like you said, Tim, uh, everyone was in it. It was, uh, it was a good episode. It was longer than most. It was, uh, It was was just a great... I thought it was just a great episode. So, uh, I'm going
0: 7.8. Okay. Chai Campbell smiles. Um, All right, let's get to our trackers here. (laughs) We had a character debut. We had Deirdre. We had the nun, which I don't think we ever heard his name, sister or something, I'm sure. Uh, I I ended up calling him Homeless Santa Claus, but whatever, we didn't get his name either. Uh, Mm -hmm. Al Brown, and then Santa Pilot as well. So... um, (laughs) A lot of random one-offs, but that would be expected in a Christmas show like this, So you get a lot of randoms.
2: The Santa, I felt like, was in other stuff, too, but whatever. Yeah, that actor. Oh, he, sure. he
1: had a very distinctive voice, and it was bothering me that I, I couldn't... Yes. I meant to look him up, but I, I didn't.
2: I feel like he, he was in many other things.
1: Probably a lot of Christmas episodes, I guess. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah.
2: Uh, relationships. We had Brandon and Emily, uh, Donna
0: and David, Brenda and Santa... Uh, Steve and Al, and Jack and Dylan. So a lot, lot of relationships on display today. Big time. Uh, places and things. We had the fancy store, the tree lot, New Mexico Nun Hospital. I guess I don't know who <laughs> who Uh 5595 Navajo Trail, Browns Cafe, <laughs> Albuquerque Airport, and also the debut of Josh Taylor's Jack McKay. So a lot of a lot of stuff happening in this episode. That's big.
2: Yeah. That's big. That's yeah, big. Yeah. That's so why I got a 7.8. That's right. That's
0: right. Extra 0. 0.3. <laughs> um, the, uh, so on my usual tracker here of music, the site has White Christmas, Christmas is the Time to Say I Love You by Billy Squire, and Blue Christmas by Elvis. That's uh, the I, there was a lot Billy more Squire. Christmas music all through this, but mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I thought there was anyway. I felt like there was more than just those three. But I was wondering if Squire was the one that, got them axed, maybe. I was like, thinking
2: that, too, right now. I was just thinking that now.
0: It feels like well, White Christmas and Blue Christmas are, like, pretty in it, much in everything, ever, so... Right. Um, But maybe Squire has, like, tougher...
2: How do you find this out? I want to know why this is... That one episode Googling. is not there.
0: If anyone out there knows,
1: hit us up.
2: Yeah, please, please. I
1: have actually asked. I've asked the Beverly Hills 90210. Read it, and I've I've never gotten a satisfactory answer. I, I really, didn't. really. I am told, um, oh, it's got to be a music rights thing. And I I've asked. Well, obviously they they found a way around it again with the DVDs. Why is it? And they're like, yeah, but streaming is different. And I'm like, why is streaming different? There
0: must the be something because different. maybe it's ongoing. Yeah. So like you'd have to pay the
1: royalties regularly, or something, or perhaps I don't know. yeah,
2: it's just it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: Or like you're not, maybe you're not allowed to actually edit this shit out. Um, oh, no, maybe Or yeah. use replacement music when it's
2: so on the DVD. Versus... So uh, so on the DVD, yeah. they change this stuff. They change yeah, it. Yeah, they, they do. It's they dub. All right, um, all right, all right. Yeah, all right. yeah but Paramount know, plays uh, that.
0: Paramount streaming, and that's got the dub too. So it's weird. It's not like that has real music. Right. It it just seems like.
2: Have you looked at? You, are there any yeah, more episodes tell, on this? <clears throat> Do there's I, a
1: bunch of episodes missing. Yeah. Is there yeah, really? It, it. And it gets really bad towards the end of. Uh, really. The show. Yeah. Like. Well.
2: The, the, lie, the It's all the Google live performance stuff, like the Goo Goo yeah. dolls and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, which I can kind of understand, but like season eight, seasons eight through like ten. It's like over half of those seasons or have missing episodes. Really, it's, really. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah,
0: I know a lot of so, them are uh, definitely. Um, I know a lot of them are definitely due to those live performances that Peachpit after Dark because they yes, had a ton of yes. those. So I think that's yes. that's definitely mm-hmm. part of it. But
2: well, that's 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 interesting. I know, but I didn't. The Ray Pruitt
1: years. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That too.
0: All right. Uh, so in the Christmas spirit, Tim and I got together uh, and hung out and uh, pre-ranked. For once our character rankings mm-hmm. here So Charlie I'm going to read what we have If you have any strong feelings either way Let us know okay You got uh, it. H- Henry Iris and Scott of course are not here So they got all zeros Emily Valentine we had uh, in getting four points So she's down there Above her is David Above him is Nat Then Donna Then Mel Then Jackie Then Dylan Then Kelly Then Brandon Then Jim Cindy Brenda Steve uh, At the top this is going to be, I think, one of Brandon's worst finishes, uh, fifth. I can't imagine he's had too many that low. Um, and I would say doing this recap, the only thing I'd think about maybe changing is David being above
1: Nat and maybe Donna. Mm-hmm. In talking uh, through, I, I could see that. Now, What do you think, Charlie?
2: Maybe. But, yeah, I mean, David and Donna under the mistletoe um Sitting on each other, I, I could see that.
0: I think David, David at least belongs, belongs above nat.
2: but I mean no Nat had the Nat had the good line and the showing up at the door. But I could, but future storyline, I think David and Donna should go above it. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to leave David below Donna, but above Nat. We'll do that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because
2: okay. David David with his dad, yes.
0: All right, so here's our season two uh, standings. We have Iris with 16 points, Mel with 28, Jackie with 34, Scott forever stuck at 38, Henry at 47, Nat at 66, Emily at 94, big jump up to Cindy Walsh at 156, Jim right above her at 159, Donna and Andrea now tied at 162, uh, David at 172, Kelly at 173, Steve at 183, Dylan at 220, Brenda at 231, and Brandon Pacek season two at 251. So our our big, you know, conglomerate in the middle is really Steve to to Cindy, only separated by you know less than 30 points. So, um, and then all the time we have Iris with 16, Mel with 28, Henry and Jackie tied at 47. Emily at 94, Scott at 102, Nat at 116, Don is at 243, David's at 298, Andrea's at 305, Jim at 317, Cindy at 323, Kelly at 342, Steve at 374, Dylan at 379, Brenda's at 474, and Brandon Walsh still in first place all time at 492 total points.
2: Go, Brandon. All
0: right, so that'll do it. Charlie, thanks for joining us as always. I'm sure you'll be back. Anytime, boys. Tune in later. Tim, as usual, we'll be back in three weeks as well uh, with our next episodes. So I want to thank everyone for checking this out. Be sure to leave any feedback you may have for us. Have a little dim sum, a little dim
2: sum, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.